Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, we have begun to teach on wisdom. This is part five of our teaching series. And we are continuing to teach on the different levels of wisdom. And just for a recap, uh, we talked about there are five levels of wisdom. Number one, natural wisdom wisdom or human wisdom number two godly wisdom number three the spirit of wisdom number four the word of wisdom and number five the wisdom of christ or christ the wisdom of god and uh we really want to just jump straight into uh number three which is the spirit of wisdom uh because we don't have a lot of time and there's a lot to teach on in the next few months and i've taught a lot about the other um, two levels. So turn to Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. And uh, we began to touch on this last week, and I want to go over it again and go into more detail. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, this is the sevenfold Holy Spirit, the sevenfold aspect of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the Lord that relates to his person, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are seven different aspects of God, the Holy Spirit, as he reveals himself to us and through us. And we are focusing on the spirit of wisdom. Now, the spirit of wisdom is where God opens our minds in such a way that we know what to do, what to say, and what to think in a given context based on the information presented to us. So because of what we can currently have access to, it enables us to maximize our given context. The spirit of wisdom may appear like natural ability, yet it's source is from God because it will always embody those seven characteristics of wisdom that we talked about in James. So it will always be pure. It will always be without partiality and all those other wonderful things that we said. But it is the ability that God gives to us to be able to know exactly what to do with whatever situation we're in based on the information presented to us. It is primarily received from God and it will empower you as an individual uniquely to be a blessing to humanity. Anything that empowers us to be a blessing to others is from God. In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says... Every good gift and every 
perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So God gives good gifts. So when a person is endowed with wisdom that empowers humanity, that empowers individuals, know that it is from God. Amen. Now, the spirit of wisdom, as with all other forms of wisdom, can be asked for, you can ask God for it, if you are lacking, you can ask God for it if you recognize that there is a need for it. And if you ask according to the biblical directives, you will receive it. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. If anyone lacks wisdom, if you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, he says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally or generously and without reproach or without finding fault and it will be given to him. So when you are lacking in wisdom or the spirit of wisdom, if you ask God for the spirit of wisdom, he will give it to you. Now, we're going to see why the spirit of wisdom is so vital to anybody who is serious about being a disciple of Christ or to any individual who seeks to excel in whatever they are doing. So by the spirit of wisdom, you can excel in your studies. By the spirit of wisdom, you can excel in your vocation. By the spirit of wisdom, you can excel as a, as a friend. You can excel as a husband or as a wife. You can excel in your courtship. You can excel in any aspect of your life by the spirit of wisdom. And many times, people relegate these things to just a religious context. But it is by the spirit of wisdom that much can be achieved that will leave God's signature in the process. So you see that this is God. God has done that through that individual. But you have to learn when it comes to wisdom, like with everything, if you are asking God, you have to learn to ask properly. Because in verse 6 of James chapter 1, he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when you are asking for the spirit of wisdom, ask in confidence. Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom to govern my work situation. Give me the spirit of wisdom to govern my family. Give me the spirit of wisdom to govern how I relate to my boss. Like we have already defined, wisdom is the accurate application of knowledge based on the understanding we have. It's the accurate application of knowledge. And so you can have all the information about a situation and still make the wrong decision if you lack wisdom. And this is what we find with many people. Like with society today, we have all the information to show us that godliness or righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. Yet because of the lack of wisdom, as a society, we choose the way of wickedness and unrighteousness. I mean, you look at the elections that go on. If people voted with wisdom, they would never have allowed certain people to be placed as a choice. 
at times you hear people, people vote or they use their ability to choose based on personal preferences, not wisdom. Because this person is in my family, I am going to go with them, even though they're leading us to destruction. Because this person is a certain color, I am going to vote for them, even though what they're saying is buffoonery. So people will vote for people, not based on wisdom, but based on pigmentation. Are you still here? People will choose to associate with people, even churches. People attend churches based not on wisdom, but on relationship, affiliation. This is a, this is a, a white church. This is a black church. This is a, a Nigerian church. This is a Ghanaian church. This is an Indian church. This is a human church. <clears throat> Rather than what does the church represent? What is the, te- you see, wisdom, when wisdom governs your choices, you can never go wrong. Because as you are going wrong, wisdom will speak to you. No, 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 no. I've heard people say something like this. I go to that church not because of the word of God, but because when I go there, I like how I feel. Are you still here? Now, for me, that is a form of insanity. Why will you go to church not because of the word of God, but because of how you feel? How you feel will not cast a demon out. How you feel will not give you the ability to end in the right place. Are you still there? Wisdom is so important. So, when you are lacking, you must learn not just to ask, but to ask in faith with no doubting. Because if you doubt, you're not going to get it. But also learn this. You must learn to ask with persistence. So in certain things, when you're asking God for wisdom, you have to keep asking him over and over until it comes. And uh, for certain arenas, let's say, for instance, you're going into business. How many of you want to go into business? Today, oh, just a few of you want to go into business. How many of you want to have your own business? Right, so, like, the spirit of wisdom can govern how you conduct business. At times, I I see so-called Christian, by the way, there's no such thing as a Christian business. There is no such thing. The business takes on the characteristics of the owner. Sometimes the so-called business, Christian businesses are the worst-run businesses because they, have, they, they will always do things like this. Um, you know, we're brothers in Christ, you know, so, you know, even though the thing costs this much, let's reduce it to that much and, uh, you know, think about me. I'm your fellow church person. So you're coming to buy a good and you say, because you come to my church, I should sell it to you cheaper and lose. I mean, this is how Christians are talking. Are you, are you still here? And anyway, let's, let's just move on. So, if you lack wisdom, <laughs> if you lack wisdom, ask God and keep on asking. Matthew chapter 7, 
Verses 7 to 11, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it shall, it's, the door is open. And what he's showing us is the need for persistence in asking God for something. And that includes wisdom. The spirit of wisdom is cultivated through fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. This is how you develop the wisdom you already have from God. As you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he will cause you to grow in wisdom. The spirit of wisdom can be activated through seeking God. I'll give you an example of this. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 16 to 23, when Daniel needed wisdom in order to solve an impossible task, he went and saw God's face. You see, you can accelerate how receptive you are to the spirit of wisdom as you see God. Daniel chapter 2 from verse 16. Now this is after Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And in his dream, it was a very terrible dream, and then he forgot the dream. So when he woke up, because he was a maniac, he said this, All you wise men, come. I've had a dream. I've forgotten what the dream is. I want you to tell me what I dreamed, what I dreamt, and then tell me what it means. By the way, if you don't do it, I'm going to cut your heads off. It sounds like somebody who's currently running for um, presidency in one country. <laughs> sounds like this, one, this is what he could end up doing. If, if, he had the, if he had the chance, he could do that. Tell me what the dream that I dreamt is, and then tell me what it means. Oh, if you don't tell me what I dreamt and what it means, I'm going to take your head off. Is that reasonable? That is insane. But he was going to do it. And Daniel heard it. Daniel chapter 2 from verse 16 says, So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. Say, give him time. Give him time. You see, sometimes when it comes to wisdom, you have to have time. You need time to access. Yeah. Don't just rush. Wait. Be measured. He said, give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. What confidence. He had one night, by the way. The time wasn't like five years. One night. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, now the reason why I'm reading this is I want you to see what Daniel said because although God gave him the understanding through the spirit of knowledge, it was by the spirit of wisdom and knowledge that he was able to have understanding. Now, look at this. He says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers, that you have given me 
wisdom and might and have made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. Remember, we talked about the associates of wisdom, which is understanding and knowledge. And often when you see wisdom operating, understanding and knowledge are close by. But wisdom is the principal thing. Because if you have the understanding and you have the knowledge, but you don't have the wisdom, you can end up hurting people. So you need the wisdom. With this perception or understanding, and with this information or knowledge, how do we release it? How do we release it? And this is why wisdom is so important. So by wisdom, by seeking God for wisdom, he had great revelation. This will be your story in Jesus' name. The spirit of wisdom can and does increase as you develop in holiness and righteousness. It does. So there's a level of wisdom God starts you on as you get born again. And as you grow in the faith, and as you grow in your consecration, that is holiness, and in your uh, agreement or alignment with the will of God, that is righteousness, then you will find your level of wisdom or the spirit of wisdom that you are carrying increases. So you are able to appropriate natural and godly wisdom with accuracy as well as handle other aspects of life. So the more a man or woman of God grows in wisdom, the more balanced their life becomes. The more wholesome their life becomes. The more healthy everything that they touch becomes. This will be your story in Jesus' name. Now, the spirit of wisdom gives you a hunger for knowledge and understanding that is required in a specific area of interest. And often the spirit of wisdom comes with a context in mind. So in other words, uh, you will start out with wisdom in one area. But as you grow, it will affect other areas. It will affect other areas. But often when, when you see a person excelling in wisdom, you will find they will have superior wisdom in an area. That's how the spirit of wisdom is released. Where it gives you a context. Now, you can allow it to touch other areas of your life. But often God will give you superior wisdom in an area. So naturally speaking, you shouldn't be able to play that the way you can play it or sing the way you can sing. See, it is the spirit of wisdom that enables you to do that. Just in case you are wondering how you were able to do it so quickly. That's how it works. The spirit of wisdom will give you an insight, an ability to do something that is extraordinary. But for you, it becomes very easy. Yeah. It empowers you with a passion to investigate the purpose or the meaning that is given to, uh, uh, sorry, to investigate the purpose or the meaning with, uh, about something within its specific context. Remember Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. He says, a wise man will hear and increase learning. 
and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. A wise man hears and they increase in learning. So by virtue of the spirit of wisdom, you just have this hunger to learn. This hunger to investigate. To get to them the, the meaning, what is behind it. So when the spirit of wisdom is governing you in how you are relating to people, you do not look at things on the surface. Concerning our Lord, he says, butter and honey shall he eat. And he, he says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking, smoking flask he will not put out. In other words, when the Lord sees something that is damaged, he will not destroy it. When he sees something that is about to be um, put out, he will fan it because of the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom allows you to get behind to the source, the root of something, and then correct it. This shall be your story. I am declaring it over you in Jesus' name. Now, examples of the spirit of wisdom in the Bible. Number one, anointed tailors. You know, what do you call them today? The tailor seems to be an old word. What, is it still tailors? There's another word that's used commonly. It's still tailoring. What is it? Fashion designing. About seamstress. <laughs> Honestly. Fashion. Fashion designing. Huh? That's what? That's not the making. Fashion designer. What was that? Somebody said sartorial engineer. I don't even know if that's a word. But anointed tailors. Exodus 28 verse 3. Look at what God says. You shall speak to all who are gifted artisans who I have, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister to me as a priest. Now, this is very interesting. He needed skilled artisans or tailors, skilled, to make the clothes that the pastor wears before he preaches. <laughs> no, the high priest. The high priest. But the point, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Can you imagine as I walk in? Help us, Lord. No, but seriously, the reason why that he needed skilled tailors was because what they were going to design and through the spirit of wisdom was because what they were going to design was what is worn in heaven by Christ. So they had, there could be no mistake. And that was not even one thread. You know, sometimes some people, they, they do something for you and then when you, when you wear it, like I had this thing done. And uh, you can tell, because when whenever I do something like that, something kind of comes out. But this one, yeah, you, you know, but this one, when they do the thing, when you, when you wear it, even the demons, they have to just... <laughs> it's so important. I want you to see the context. Anointed with the spirit of wisdom to make clothes. Anointed with the spirit of wisdom to make clothes. 
Let me tell you something. Do you know why today there's so much lust and uncleanness that is perpetrated in society? Some of it is through the clothes that have been designed by anointed demonized people. They design clothes in such a way that when it is worn, it invokes the sexual, the baser natures within people. Both the men's clothes and the women's clothes. Today, some of the clothes, when people are wearing them and you are talking to them, you have to talk like this. Because the way the clothing is designed, it causes you to just, as you're talking, your head just kind of goes somewhere. There's an anointing, but it's demonic. Remember, we talked about the wisdom of the devil. It's always destructive. It's regressive. It corrupts because it is corrupted. Huh. Number two, anointed generals or soldiers. God gives the spirit of wisdom for you to function in the army. Deuteronomy chapter 34 verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. You see, Joshua was not able to defeat 31 kings because he was really a skilled warrior. It was by the spirit of wisdom that he could handle those people. So even in the army, and by the way, even in the New Testament, people were still in the army. The army is not bad in itself. I didn't hear one amen. Some say, I'm not going to join any army, so this is, yeah. But sometimes God calls his people to the army. Another example is anointed inventors, metal, metal workers. I wrote the word down, but I can't even say it properly. Metallurgists, that's it. And craftsmen, carpenters. Look at Exodus 35, verse 30 to 35. And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And he has put in his heart the ability to teach in him. And in and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamak, wow, of the tribe of Dan, he has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer and the tapestry maker in blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen and of the weaver, those who do every work and those who design artistic works. Now, I wish I could have time to break this down for you to understand how the spirit of wisdom works. These guys were given a level of wisdom where even when it came to colors, they were skilled with colors, color schemes. The spirit of wisdom. You see, 
When God calls you into an arena, the potential to access his mind concerning that arena is great. I remember many years ago, somebody had a vision of our church and they had seen our church as it had grown to its fullness. But one of the things that they saw was that through that dance, God had given people incredible wisdom that through the dance, as they danced, people were being healed, people were being saved, people were being delivered through the dance. There is a level of wisdom that you are accessing through the spirit of wisdom that gives you a superiority over what the world has to offer in your field. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. It's for his purposes, his kingdom. But it is vital. Look at this. One aspect of the spirit of wisdom for Bezalel was the ability to teach. See, because there are dimensions to it. You can have the spirit of wisdom, but you don't have the ability to teach. And you have to see that the spirit of wisdom is given, and when it is given, it's never taken back. So when you have it, it really is yours forever. Now, you can corrupt it like Satan did, or you can develop it. The last example I want to give in the Bible is anointed administrators and politicians. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, what was their job? They were administrators. They were politicians. They helped to govern the state. But look at what God gave them. Knowledge and skill in all literature, not just Christian literature. <laughs> and wisdom. Now, why am I saying this? Because you see, you have to learn the language of Babylon and the wisdom of Babylon in order to correct correct the errors of Babylon. So when they are teaching evolution, you have to allow your children to learn evolution, but from a superior understanding. So my children ask me, so how do we answer? You say, you answer like this, according to evolution, da 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 They say, according to evolution, da 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 According to evolution, the world began through a big bang. It started as a pin with infinite gravitational pull and infinite mass. And as it, it pulled on itself, the stress of it created the Big Bang, according to evolution. You don't say, eh, it's wrong. In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and then God said, the world began when Jesus spoke. You get... Uh-uh. So Daniel was skilled in all literature. Him and those other his friends. All literature, the wisdom. So they understood how Babylon worked. They understood the kind of sacrifices that went into the food that was prepared in Babylon. And they said, nah, we don't want that. You see, 
Many people will just get a, a jewelry. I'm sorry if you've done this. Please don't, 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 don't get upset with your pastor. And just bend your ear. I'm talking men now. And say, it's fashion. You know, I'm free in Jesus. And they will tattoo their body because, you know, they're free in Jesus. And as far as they're concerned, they're free in Jesus. Wonderful. You are free in Jesus. Free to do what? Do you understand what it means to bore your ear? Do you understand what it means to tattoo your body? Because if you understood it and then you did it, then that's fine. You see, like for instance, you take like head covering. Like I believe that the Bible teaches women should literally cover their head. Now we don't practice that here and look at you, look at you all like that. We don't, the elders have made it clear to me, we don't practice that here. See, she's very scriptural right now, she's wearing a hat, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, but here's the point, here's the point. There is a superior wisdom behind that, and that is the need to be under authority. And why men shouldn't cover their head. The need for men to be under the authority of Christ. So I'm not so caught up with whether you've covered your hair or head or not covered it. I'm not bothered with that. I'm more bothered about whether you're a man under authority or a woman under authority. Why? Because the wisdom of God teaches that when you are under authority, you are protected by the angels. And when you are not under authority, you are exposed to the angels. Which angels? The good angels protect you, and the bad angels attack you like they did in the beginning through that one angel. So when you have a superior knowledge of wisdom, you get to the heart of the matter. Are you still here or have you gone home? When we said head covering, did that kind of throw you? Whoa, what's going on here? My wife doesn't believe that, so she doesn't wear it. She said, if you, if, you, if you tell me to, I will do it. I said, no, I'm waiting for the revelation. When we get to heaven, Jesus will tell you he was right. <clears throat> really, I don't care. Whatever you want to put on your head is between you and your Jesus. But anyway, quickly, the next level of wisdom is the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Say to your neighbor, the word of wisdom. Now, what is this? This is... The supernatural ability to apply knowledge correctly for the establishment of God's purposes in a specific context. This is not wisdom you can learn. This is not like the spirit of wisdom. This is for a moment. It's like you are given wisdom, bam, you use it, and then it's done. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. This is what is called a manifestation of the Spirit. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all or for the common good. Now, there are nine manifestations of the Spirit or characteristics of the Spirit. He says, for one is given the word of wisdom by the, through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. You see, I've got, I'm quoting two versions and sometimes you, 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 you get them confused. So, and then he goes on, he gives you faith, he gives you the others, there are nine. But the point I want you to see is the word of wisdom. So now th this, this kind of wisdom, you cannot manufacture it. You cannot decide, I'm gonna use a word of wisdom. It's literally the Holy Spirit will superimpose his mind on your mind. And when you give that answer, it solves an impossible riddle. An example of this is found 
in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 25. Read the whole context, verses 16 to 25, where Solomon was faced with a problem. Two women brought a baby. One was saying it was theirs. The other was saying it was theirs. Both of them didn't know. Nobody knew what was true. In those days, there was no DNA testing, and they were all babies, so they all looked alike. So Solomon said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. That statement he made was the word of wisdom. Because when he said it, it exposed who the mother was and who the false mother was. Because the real mother said, no, give the child to her. It's okay. But the one whose child it was, he said, no, divide it. If I can't, <laughs> she can't have it. I mean, even if it was her child, she just disqualified herself. Are you still thinking about the head covering thing? <laughs> Seriously. Forget about it. Honestly. You're still thinking about head covering. Yeah? Really? If you're not sure, just put something on your head. That's all. Honestly. Don't worry about it. I didn't exercise the spirit of wisdom then, so let's just shift it quickly. Another example is when Jesus was being tested. They brought a coin. And they said, Master, shall we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we serve Caesar or should we not serve Caesar? Who should we pay taxes to? So what was the word of wisdom? The word of wisdom was Jesus saying to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. It says, and they marveled at him. Now, whenever the word of wisdom is released, you will always marvel. You think, wow, that is amazing. That is incredible. Because it solved the problem. Because what it did was it silenced them. You see, what they were trying to do was this. If Jesus said, pay taxes, they'll say to the people, you see this man? He... It's a stooge from Rome. And if he said, don't pay taxes, those wicked Romans, he can say to Rome, arrest him because he's inciting rebellion. But what the Lord did was by taking the coin, he's saying, so you want to use Caesar's money, but you don't want to be responsible for how you use his money. Are you still there? There is a wisdom there. It's like those people who want to watch the BBC but I don't want to pay TV license. <laughs> or those people who like to drive over the speed limit and wonder why they get penalties. See, look, you're, going, you're doing the hurt covering thing again. When I said the speed limit, now you're, you're thinking, what do you mean? Let me just be clear. If you want to be a man or a woman with authority, then you have to respect the authority of the land when the laws are righteous. And speed limit is a righteous law. Hey, only three people said amen. Look at you, looking at me. You see, one of the things that wisdom does is it knows its limits. It knows its boundaries. Wisdom knows what it can and cannot do. And what the word of wisdom does is, 
it gives you a fragment of the mind of God that will solve a problem. Amen. All right, we'll stop there. We're going to pray, and then we're going to call Angela. She's going to officiate the communion for us. But here's how I, how I want us to do things. I want us to just bow our heads right now, if we can. And I want you to know that you are very, very precious in the sight of God. And that God delights in giving you wisdom. God delights in you growing in wisdom. God delights in you revealing his wisdom. And uh, you can never tire God by asking for wisdom. I want to pray with you. First of all, if you want to grow in this kind of wisdom and you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity. So if you want to give your life to Christ,